Good afternoon, let's begin. Welcome to X2M 142 Permanence. Psalms 45, if, if you want to, you can stand together. Psalms 45, a romantic poem celebrating the Davidic king's marriage to a lovely princess. The psalmist praising the king for military prowess and a commitment to justice, urging the bride to be loyal to the king. Psalms 45, I believe, is set to the tune of the lily. Set to the tune of the lilies for the Korites, a well-written poem, a love song. My heart, my heart is stirred by a beautiful song. I've been stirred inside and out, stirred by the love of our King. I say, I've composed a special song for the King. My tongue is as skilled as the stylus of an experienced scribe. You're the most handsome of all men. You speak in an impressive and fitting manner. For this reason, God, grants you continual blessings, perpetual blessing. Strap your sword on your thigh, O warrior. Appear in majestic splendor, appear in your majesty, and be victorious. Ride. Now, you know, um, the Lord likes it when we basically are telling, we're speaking back to him the word. So we're saying uh, to the Lord, ride. Ride forth, ride forth for the sake of righteousness uh, throughout all the land and on behalf of real justice all, all around us. Then your right hand will accomplish mighty acts and your arrows are sharp. Penetrate the heart of your enemies and nations fall at your feet. Your throne, O oh God, is what? Permanent. X2M 142, permanent. I didn't even know this. Right there. Yeah. Your throne, Lord, is permanent. And your scepter is of your kingdom's a scepter of justice. You love justice and you hate evil. And for this reason, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy. The oil of joy elevating you above all your companions. And all your garments are perfumed with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. From the luxurious palaces comes the music of the stringed instrument. The stringed instruments that make the Lord happy. That brings joy to our King. Princesses are among you at they're among your honored guests. Your bride stands at your right hand wearing jewelry made from the gold from Ophir. Listen, O princess, and observe and pay attention. Forget your homeland and your family. Then the king will be attracted by your beauty. After all, he is your master. Submit to him. And rich people from Tyre will seek your favor and bring you a gift. The princess looks absolutely magnificent, decked out in pearls 
and clothed in a brocade trimmed with gold and embroidered robe, she is escorted to the king. Her attendants, the maidens of honor who follow her are led before you, bubbling with joy as they walk in procession and enter the royal palace. Your sons will carry on the dynasty of your ancestors and you will make them princes throughout the land. I proclaim your greatness through the coming years. The nations will praise you forever. Men.
Would you come and inhabit our praise? We long for you to come as the lion of praise. Would you come? Would you come? Lion of praise, you are the most high, 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 you are the most high. Most high, you are the most high, you are the most high, you are, you are, you are the most high, so worthy are you, worthy are you, so worthy. Oh, yambe alende daranda, with the sound of shouts, oh, yande. You are the most high. You are the most high. Daniel chapter 12. At that time, Michael, the great prince who watches over your people, will arise. And there will be a time of distress unlike any other from the nation's beginning up to that time but at that time your own people all those found whose names are written in the book will escape and many of those who sleep in the dusty ground will awake some to everlasting life others to shame and everlasting abhorrence but the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse and those bringing many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. place is dealing with any kind of form or of infirmity or sickness I just want you to come forward we're gonna pray for you right now any sickness infirmity disease or problem with your physical body mind soul come forth when we pray over you
if, if someone comes forward and then you feel led, I want you to come and lay hands on and pray for them. to this because um, 
trying to navigate. And if, if you're being prayed for, I just want you to stay here because we're just getting the prophetic word concerning this. Um, the Lord has taken me this passage concerning the, the name Gihon in the Bible. It was one of the original four rivers that was in Eden. Um, the name of it means gusher and uh, or a bubbler or uh, like a great breaking forth. It means like to burst forth. And so something about, and I'm not saying this about all of you related to what you're going through in the uh, area of healing, but it has something to do with this. And I just, we just want to like interact with the Lord in this about uh, this, uh, this Gihon or this place, uh, like opening up and bringing forth like a stream of, of life. Like something has been like cut off or restricted, like the restriction of the flow or the restriction of something has been cut off so that it is made to burst forth. And so in the restoration into the garden, the, uh, the place of a, in the Eden uh, sanctuary where the provision of the Lord was for uh, the, uh, oh, help me Lord, the onyx and the gold and the uh, bdellium, I think it is. And that these four rivers were meant to flow from the, the, uh, from the four um, life flowing out of us and where there's something that's like blocked and we're just gonna pray for whatever this blockage or uh, is in the uh, flowing of like a stream um, that it would open up because in this is uh, related to something related to healing. And uh, so um, Holy Spirit, I just agree with you right now related to uh, the gusher. Uh, the bubbler, uh, the breaking forth. And I ask you, Holy Spirit, for the areas that try to like stop and um, block and where there couldn't be life giving a life uh, source or the release of life. In the name of Jesus, we just ask you right now for your um, anointing, Lord, to just move over this whole room um, in the areas, Lord, that there's been like a... Per, uh, uh, something like stopping something that is not allowing for flow to go through. Life, 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 life. Stay with him, stay with this, stay with this, stay right now. Even all sciatica in the name of Jesus. Even any of the thing that's trying to limit the mobility. I say in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Breakthrough, 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 breakthrough in the body. Mm. Sikri yama yaro yana, shubhi mbiya sikri yada, pikri kasi dimi na ubi yana, hasi dimi na, 
river of life, stream and wells bubbling up. I'll give you a life, a life flowing up and out of you. Rivers flowing. Come to the one, the one that told me everything I ever did wrong. And I would give you water, water, living water flowing through you. Second Chronicles chapter 32, verse 30. It was Hezekiah who blocked the upper outlet of the Gihon Spring and channeled the water. He channeled the water down to the west side of the city of David. And it says he succeeded in everything he undertook. Hezekiah blocked the upper outlet, and so there's a redirection of flow. There's a redirection of flow. Like where maybe one flow hasn't worked one way, but it work another way. And we ask you, Lord, to open up that other path, Lord. A new channel. Just a new channel of flow. I give this to you now. Every disease and every affirmity and everything. I can reroute around it, says the Lord. Mm -hmm. I'll make a way there where there doesn't seem to be a way. I'm the God of Israel. I'm the God that makes a way through the Red Sea. I'm the God who makes a way through the Jordan. Lord, we believe you, we believe you. I'm the one who tells you to plant in the middle of a drought. Isaiah 43, 
Verse 18, don't remember your earlier events. Don't recall your former events. Look, I'm about to do something new. Now it begins to happen. Do you not recognize it? Yes, I will make a road in the desert. I will make paths in the wilderness. The wild animals of the desert honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I put water in the desert. I put streams in the wilderness to quench the thirst of my chosen people. The people. I'm the one. I'm the one that forms you, Israel. I'm the one that made you, Jacob, that you might praise me. The people whom I formed for myself. So praise me. Praise the Lord. Oh. Praise the Lord. Jacob, long for him, Israel. Bring to him your whole self. instruction because the Holy Spirit is telling me to say this and this is like a pastoral side John 20 verse 29 Jesus said to them because you've seen me because I've made an appearance to you because I've revealed myself to you many of you had him reveal himself to you through stages of revelation where he's come to appear 
even to make himself known, even to transpose his own life onto yours. But listen to what he says. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. And so this is, you need to hear this. Some of you need to hear this really clearly from the Lord because if you focus on the particle, the position, the problem, the transformation doesn't happen in the focus of the predicament, the problem, the position, but only in the person of the Lord. We lift up our eyes to him. We praise him for what we do not yet see, but believing that what we see is in fact reality. It will be a transfer from heaven to earth. I have watched this happen so many times. I am a demonstration, a live demonstration to you of the truth of this reality. This is the reality of the kingdom. We lock in onto the, uh, the problem, the position, the particle, the predicament. Don't look at it. When you say, I can't, I can't do that, then worship, worship the Lord and praise him. Take your praise and let that be, and it, it'll transition your mind off of what it is that you're facing. And I declare to you, and I know this from the Lord, thousands of times I've seen him demonstrate himself to me that in that transaction, in that transition, he comes and he will mark the word of the Lord. He didn't withhold himself from anyone to heal them. Not one person that he not, he didn't heal. He'll heal you. He will touch you and he will resolve your problem. He will. He does. We just praise him. We just worship him. I just praise the Lord. And we love on him. We just love you, Lord. And let the hand of God do what the hand of God does. Let the hand of God come down. Abram hoped against hope. He had a promise that Sarah would be impregnated, an impossibility. And it says about Abraham that he gave glory to the Lord. He just kept glorifying the Lord. Next thing you know, that lady of his is pregnant. Don't stop. Don't stop. Blessed are you. Blessed are you who believe, even when you've not seen the manifestation yet, but you will not back off. And you know that God's given you a promise. That promise will come to pass. For all the promises of God are yes. And all the promises of God are amen unto the glory operating through us. Let the glory flow. Let the glory flow. Feel him? Down through your head, down through your feet, and out through your hands. Live. Yes. 
Sure, praise the name. Magnify his name. Yeah. 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 Ye
east and the west surround me surround me how could I want anything else except for what you want come surround me come surround me darkness and 
see the light flow out blood and water Job 37, 12 through 24. At his direction, they swirl around over the face of the whole earth to do whatever he commands them. He brings the clouds to punish people or to water his earth and to show his love. Listen to this, Job, and stop and consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes his lightning flash? Do you know how the clouds hang poised those wonders of him who has perfect knowledge you who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind can you join him in the spreading out of the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze tell us what we should say to him we cannot draw up our case because of our darkness should he be told that I want to speak and would anyone ask to be swallowed up? Now no one can look at the sun bright as it is in the skies after the wind has swept them, swept them clean. Out of the north he comes in golden splendor. God comes in awesome majesty. The Almighty is beyond our reach and exalted in power in his justice and great righteousness he does not oppress therefore people revere him for does he not have regard does he not have regard for all the wise in his heart You who are sweltering in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind, can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze? Tell us what we should say to him. We cannot draw up our case because of our darkness. Should he be told that I want to speak? This is a passage he highlights to me. Would anyone ask to be swallowed up? Ask me. <laughs> ask me to be swallowed up. Ask me, and I'll swallow you whole. <laughs> it's like a spinning a life of fire running around your being, like sparks shooting out everywhere. The replicator. The replicator of God, wanting himself in man, replicating himself into you. Would you ask me? Ask me to swallow you up. I'll take you as my own. 
And now I'll intertwine myself with you. And now I'll make myself one with you. Just ask me. I ask you. Fire, fire all around. Light all around your being. Swirling around in the divine replicator. Pulsing light, pulsing fire, pulsing glory. Swallow me up, Lord. Not Leviathan, but the Lord himself. Not the creature from the deep, but the Lord. The omnipresent. The omniscient. The omnipotent one. blueprint, the divine imprint imprinted onto you Christ in you, the hope of glory, amen <laughs> yeah, wow. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> they are being swallowed whole. <laughs> yeah, by the well of Abjanu. Oh, you don't know what I mean, do you? <laughs> yeah, me neither. Oh, man. Last night before I was going to bed, I shared this with my kids this morning. I just like enter into this place. All you have to do is turn aside to see the 
the bush that is not consumed. And if you take the attention, you just set your gaze on him. It's amazing what, what will come from that. And so this little epigraph comes out, and I didn't know what that meant. So Elizabeth Johnson helped me with it, but this is what, this is what I heard. And I, you know, I'm just going to share it with you because I just want you to show you how odd a person can really be so that all of you feel that in your peculiarity that you're safe, <laughs> that you're safe here. <laughs> yeah, this is what I hear. The Cossack pearl plummeted through the peregrine wasteland of Nottaford. <laughs> I fomented at its travel and subsequent subplot untethered by the mane of sane. I became what hitherto was the play of pain. <laughs> and I thought, what does that mean? It took me a little while. I found that the Cossack pearls were in Australia. I didn't. I don't know what you think about them. But anyways, there's some something there. And then I heard this: the curious con constabulary Volkheimer man, blind in bed of home genome, found in Rome a long flush of dropper doyle from a team awaiting the insurgent dream. Anyways, there you go. <laughs> That's a little epigraph. In that, apparently, there's a lot of detail, and so I'll end up having to go look up all the words because I don't know what half of them mean, but maybe you do. And then maybe we can interpret something as like, what are you saying, Lord? But uh, So if you enter into those kind of places, I don't know if, if you find poetry or work, music, or you might find, you may be surprised at what happens to you uh, and when you relate to the Lord. And outside of um, outside of your four-dimensional space-time continuum. And then you run through the five-dimensional portal into the six through 12 dimensions, the royal dimensions, into the Olam D. You know Olam? You know this word, Steve. It means the eternal one. They all start, all star child, star child is in the Olam D. <laughs> Y'all don't know what I mean, do you? Maybe you do. But God dwells outside of all 12 dimensions because he created them. And he wants to interact with us outside of space-time, outside of fifth dimension, and outside of even six through 12 dimensions. When we're saying being swallowed up, you know, Job, the Lord is speaking to him about being swallowed up, that I believe is kind of a picture of that. And I'm gonna do my best today to... Uh, unfold this message I received from the Lord and give this to you out of the X1, uh, X2M 142 uh, permanence. Um, as we saw this morning, I wasn't prepared for this in Psalms 45, and we can just kind of jump in there. The Holy Spirit's like, I want you to jump in Psalms 45 right away. And as we were uh, preparing and uh, jumping out together into uh, the wild unknown into him. Um, I, I get down to this verse. Let me see if I can pull it up. And if you already know it, just call it out to me because you, you probably picked it up if you were heard me say this. Where is, okay, verse 6, 45, verse 6. Your throne, O God, is permanent. The scepter of your kingdom is the scepter of justice. You love justice and hate evil. For this reason, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of joy, elevating you above your companions. 
I'm just going to have to go with this and just let the stream of consciousness flow through me if you are okay with that. The throne of God among men, a throne seated in our soul, a palace that God himself, like Proverbs 9 would have, have hewn out for you seven pillars to set a palace on. Seven aspects of covenant, the seven pillars laid inside the human soul so that God would have a palace that he could dwell in. And that the series of experiences and events and things that you've been through, God reestablishing, even by the use of an adversary called the Satan, the utilization of him, because you know, he's on a chain, right? He's under God's sovereign hand that he would even be used adversarially to help in the work of the hewning out of seven pillars, a seven facet stabilization of covenantal loyalty, believing loyalty in your heart, out of delight, not out of duty, but out of delight that he would hewn in and create this seven pillar structure in you. Why? So that he could have not just a temple, but a palace that he could dwell in. He could one himself with you so that he could, swallow you up, that you would be consumed with God. And so in this last section of Stephen seeing, I believe you're using the word surround or something like that. And I'm like, oh my goodness, all of a sudden I see like a Star Trek replicator. I don't know what that, you know that thing? Do y'all know what that is? But you know how they're, they're transitioned from one place to another? And then, you know, their body will go and then it'll appear somewhere else. Uh, that's what I was seeing. And, I, and this is what I was understanding. It was like lines because little sparks or flashes of light were going all around. And this is what I knew. I knew this from the Lord that he was imprinting himself onto us, imprinting by spark flash. <laughs> that's, that's a new one. I don't know that word. But, you know, buddy, it would just spark into your being, run throughout the core of your being, activating, you know, you, God's star children. Oh, man, such an odd language, I know. Boom, 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 imprint, 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 restored. Restored because you were made, you were made, you're made. What was that? You're made for him. And so that life of God, Experience of God moving, restoring everything. Everything that's been broken, every synapse, every concept, every corpuscle, everything that has not been right. You know, behold, Revelation 22, behold, write this down. I'm making all things new. Why? Because I want a permanent place to dwell. I don't like this impermanence. You know, the world wants a place to rest in a dwelling place. I mean, I think he longs for this more than we have. Like it pains his heart. It grieves, it grieves God. I want to come in. I just want to completely take over. I'm not going to impose my will on you or manipulate you. I will not control you, nor would I manipulate you. But if you'll ask me to superimpose my feature onto your feature and give you myself, I will and bring a transposition, a transfiguration on you, and I will make you, and I'll give you my divine nature. Uh, Peter spoke of that, that we were partakers of the divine nature, right? I long for permanence. The Lord longs for this union, this divine union. Um, so let me see if I can handle this. 
Thank you, Father, for helping me. Last week, we're, uh, the worship, I mean, everything last week is just crazy awesome, just like it is today. And we were coming to a conclusion of the worship, and the Lord says to me, should I preface this to you? Or just, just no commas, no periods, no parentheses, just say it. He says to me, David Bowie. <laughs> Uh-oh, I'm speaking someone's language. That, that was Janie. I said, I said, um, wait a minute, that guy, you know, I don't know that much about that guy, but I know that guy. I don't, what are you saying to me? Because, you know, a few weeks ago, we were up here, and I, he said, your enemy stole your lightning. And I, I said, Lord, uh, I don't know what you mean. I, I don't understand at all. You know, we've had our lightning taken, and he says to me, Percy Jackson, and so I'm like, well, that's Percy Jackson. So I type Percy Jackson in and Google up here and I look it up and then find this book and it says The Lightning. And again, Tom brings this up to me. I make sure that he gets credit for this because I, I didn't even see it. And the book title was, was Lightning Thief. And I said, oh, you're talking to me for sure. And he says, in the Edenic capacity, when Adam and Eve like, like did what they did and they gave up and they said they were tricked and then they took the bait and they did and they went against God's way of eating from that tree of knowledge of good and evil instead of just looking at it, they ate from it. He said, in that exchange somewhere right there and the enemy stole our lightning. And so we were up here last week and my understanding, well, let me say this, I got to back up a little bit, that we had lost our perspicacity we had lost the wisdom that we needed to execute and make judgment in a righteous way. Like Isaiah 11 tells us, not with our own eyes or our own ears would we make these decisions, but we would be led by the very spirit of God and that uh, we would be able to make right judgment. Because we had consumed that other tree of knowledge of good, knowledge of good and evil, our judgment got flacked, uh, fracked too. Flacked and fracked. The double F. <laughs> and you, we were just like, boom, we don't know what we're doing. We don't know how to make decisions sometimes. Things come on us and we lost our lightning quick impulse. And our impulse to be like, boom, that's what it is. And boom, that's what it is. We had lost our perspicacity and we lost our ability to prosecute. We couldn't prosecute properly. We couldn't just like, you know, hey, look, you know, this is what's going on and the deeper wisdom would manifest itself. We could see right through an issue, problem, circumstance, predicament, and we could just be like, boom, the word of the Lord. And not just a word of the Lord, like a word that would come out of your mouth, but a living word, oracle type that would come out of your mouth and literally change the situation. Because the life of God that's in the soul of man is not just words that go out, but words that have life appended to them with light sitting on them like a hay in the Hebrew and literally transforms or transfigures that which it touches. So it's not just this empty words. We, you know this because you heard about Samuel, it, not one of his what? His words fell to the ground and you and I in the loss of our perspicacity, our, that wisdom and our prosecuting ability, we lost the lightning impulse to know not from ourselves and reason and intellect, even emotions, but to know from the life of God who's living in us, foop, 
this is the word of the Lord. And then change comes and it's lasting and it corrects everything. You want a good example? Go to Acts. A couple guys, lady and his wife lies about gift they're going to give. Lies to the Holy Spirit. You see judicial, you see the executive, judicial, and legislative branch all inside of Peter's mouth all at one time. He makes a statement, you lie to the Holy Spirit, this day your life will be required of you. Uh, something to that effect, boom, bam, they took him out. That's, that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about empty words. I'm talking about life that's exact and it has power on it. Just imagine this, that we had lost that and the Lord is giving it back to his people. That we, he's restoring all things. I will give you your perspicacity and your prosecution back so you can prosecute your enemy. You can see right through situations because again, it's not blue or red. You have you the royal sons and daughters. <laughs> it is what it is. Not the beat down. Not the, you know, because you know how it is when decision making goes. We go through these long periods of, uh, you know, you know, uh, I don't deal with this. I don't know what to do. The enemy stole our lightning by tricking us into eating from another tree. Instead of consuming the tree of life, seeing right through things and speaking right to them and watching lasting change come. And so when the Lord said, David Bowie, I, I don't know, I did, I did know this because I think a few years ago, Stephen told me about David Bowie or said his name. I went and looked it up. He's got this like, you know, red thing on his face, right? Or something like this. It is a really cool mullet too, <laughs> by the way. Yeah, some bright red hair, that guy. <laughs> and I, I, uh, I was like, that's pretty cool, you know. And the Lord's like, well, I, I want you to look into this and I'm going to launch out into it this morning. I want you to show what is and what isn't. But, and I said, okay. Because what happened, in, and I'm just going to give you a little bit of background on David Bowie, and then I'm going to jump into some Corinthians 15. And this is kind of like my, uh, my presupposition. Star man or star child. David Bowie explained that the character, now he invented this character called Ziggy Stardust. And what does Ziggy mean again? Uh, do you remember? He, I, I looked it up. Somebody looked that up for me and give me a real like loud what Ziggy means. But I think it means victorious protector. And I believe, if I'm correct, Ziggy, what Bowie was looking for was a Christian name. He even, I found that he was looking for a Christian name, and Ziggy was a Christian name he could find, which I thought was really interesting because um, Ziggy Stardust is androgynous, and uh, that's problematic, as you know. Um, it's not problematic in the sense of there's coming a day where there'll be neither male nor female because that, that in the transfigured life is coming. Um, but it was problematic in the way that it was being represented and maybe put onto the culture of children in that day. And I, so we want to be—I want to be clear about that. I'm not—I'm not up here promoting David Bowie or Ziggy Stardust, his um, alter ego or his other persona. Victorious protector. Thank you. So Ziggy means victorious protector of Stardust. And he says he conceived him as an alien rock star who arrives on the earth 
that's dying due to a lack of natural resources. Around the world, older people have lost touch with reality while the children have adopted a hedonistic way of life and no longer want rock music um, as there's no electricity to play it. So Ziggy is advised in a dream by the infinites called the Black Hole Jumpers uh, to write about the coming of a star man who will save the earth. And Ziggy's tale of the star man is the first news of hope that the people have heard, so they latch onto it immediately. Ziggy soon gathers a large following and is worshipped as a prophet. According to Bowie, he takes himself up to an incredible spiritual heights and is kept alive by his disciples. The infinites eventually arrive and tear Ziggy apart on stage. And so um, what I wanted to do this morning, it, because the Lord's like, you're going to watch out in this. I was, you, again, you guys, you know, pray for me. I could tie this all together. But let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 41. And we're going to look at verses 41 through 51 this morning as it relates um, to, the, to uh, I believe, a, a cultural phenom. When, just to, so you know that when David Bowie became Ziggy Stardust, when he put on the persona of Ziggy Stardust, he's uh, rushed into international stardom. And a lot of, um, I forgot what kind of genre it's called, uh, glam. Glam rock and roll came from Ziggy Stardust because a, a, a lot of them like sort of, because he was so famous and popular, a lot of the whole rock and roll scene got into this glam, glamour type, glam type thing. And some of you were around uh, during 1972, I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, I was up there in um, Genesis, th excuse me, Job 38 in the Genesis zero chamber waiting to be shot down into this body. <laughs> I was coming, I was coming in 1976. Boom. Oh yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> uh, who am I? I forgot. And so did you. I think that we forgot we uh, lost our memories just like the Lord did. Uh, he didn't count it robbery to be equal with God, but he, you know, Philippians, right? Came in the form and likeness of man. I don't believe that Jesus went up to his divine nature and somehow knew all these things about himself. I think he was like reading the text. He's like, wait a minute, this guy's gonna come from Nazareth. What? Hey, uh, I'm living in Nazareth. Bethlehem? That's where I was born. Hmm. This guy looks like me. I think that's what, I really believe that that's what, and I don't know if you think that way, but I don't think he gave himself a divine one-up. So he's like, wait a minute, no way. I'll be dag-nabbed. <laughs> you know, it's the never-ending story. <laughs> it's me, you know, Herb, the whole time. Just kidding. That, it was, you know, and he's finding out, what the heck? Sorry, that sounds crass. My apologies. But, you know, because I want to say this, because last week, and my daddy got on to me about saying that I was giving the enemy the bird. And I just want to tell you, because he's like, son, you should never talk like that on stage. And he called me, the meeting was amazing, the event's amazing, son, everything, but don't ever talk like that again. Don't ever say you gave anybody the bird. And I said, I was, because you know what that means. And I said, I told the enemy to go to hell. Is that okay? Dad's like, no, don't ever put that in anybody's mind again. I said, yes, sir. I will not say that again, but I wanted y'all to know that my dad was not happy with me 
about saying that. So I don't want to be crass or anything like that because, or, uh, you know, lose my gentlemanly like nature if I have one. (laughs) So H-E-C-K, you know, I had to be careful because I don't want to put words in people's mouths. The words like, you just be careful, you know, with your language. So I lost my train of thought, but we're in 1 Corinthians 15, 41. The sun is glorious in one way. The moon is glorious in another way. And the stars are glorious in their own distinctive way. For one star differs from and surpasses another in its beauty and brilliance. So it is with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown perishable and decays. There's a body that is sown uh, that's perishable and it decays. But there's a body that is resurrected and imperishable. It's immune to decay. It's immortal. And I, I don't know if your, your Bible does this, but that there's a reference here in Daniel 12.3. And so let's just jump in. We'll just jump to that and then we'll come back. Okay, that way... I also read this today, but the wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse and those bringing many to righteousness will be like the stars forever and ever. Now, what's going on here is interesting because he's not just talking here then, if there's a reference to star language here, he's not just speaking of the stars that are in the heaven that we can see. He's, he's making a reference to uh, people, which here we're calling the star child. The wise will shine like the brightness of the heavenly expanse, and those bringing many to righteousness will be like what? The stars forever um, and ever. And so there's this, there, there's this, this transaction here that's using star language and appending it to human beings. And so when we go back here and we're looking at 1 Corinthians 15 with Paul, Paul, I believe, is making an illusion uh, back to Daniel 12 and relating it back to the body, not just relating it to the heavenly expanse and the stars that are in, in the heavens. And you know, there's, you've heard this, you know, we will shine like the stars and that stars differ in glory. Um, and so there's this uh, shining forth that God, I believe, is intending here uh, through the use of uh, 1 Corinthians 15 with Paul that uh, in, in the resurrection and what Jesus paid for, there is a, because I don't know if you're familiar with this kind of thinking, that there is the interchange and exchange of God's divine nature and life into your, into your body. And we call that technically sanctification, but there's been such a limiting factor on sanctification in some of you know the 2,000 years of church history. What I mean is, is that there's been like this arrival that I was saved on da 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 da. I was sanct, you know, sanctified da da da. I don't know how someone puts a sanctification dot on anything, but some people have like the, an arrival. And then there's been this arrival. Well, I was filled with the Holy Spirit, da, 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 da. And, and, and that's there's true. You were saved and you were filled with the Holy Spirit and you came to a point of arrival. But for so many people, what happened is at the point of arrival, they sort of just like unplug and they just sort of do life and compartmentalize God. They compartmentalize their life away from 
to, uh, and on, you know, that we're going on. Uh, that we have th- th- this life that God has for us is an eternal one that's never going to stop. And so in the compartmentalization of man and the arrival uh, point, um, there's not been some breaching into some of the beauty and, of what God intended for man in the, in the way of an immortal exchange into your mortality. I remember when he made this known to me almost 20 years ago. And I said, man, don't stick me with a fork. You know, I mean, you know, I don't want to die like that. I don't know if you do. I mean, but if, you've, if anybody's ever stuck you with a fork and you thought that was your path to death, <laughs> it's going to hurt really bad before you die. You'd be, have to be stuck with a fork a lot. And I remember I was like down on my knees. We had just moved. I left the Air Force. I'm like, what is going on? I saw the double helix. I saw this life hitting people and sparking all over the nations. I I saw it and I'm sitting there and he says, but you have to die. You're going to die to yourself. I was like, oh man, just do it right here. Um, Like take the head off, take the head off. Like right now, Stephen even said that this morning, you know, well, it's just like, just kill everything right now. Let's do an instantaneous kill down. You know, let's just do it. (laughs) Because once the revelation came to me that, and I had no understanding of this in my, i I've been raised in the church since I was knee high to a grasshopper. <laughs> I had no understanding of what I'm saying this morning, that there was a literal life change from his life to ours when we came to a place of submitting to him by faith that he would give us an interchange, give us, transpose himself onto us and give us his life for our life. And when that revelation just burst into my understanding, I was like, let's do this thing. So when we're looking at this uh, here, it says, um, now it is uh, sown in dishonor and humiliation. Yeah, but it is raised in honor and glory. And so you can see there's two different uh, tra- travel modes. There's a travel mode down and a travel mode up. There's a descent and an ascent. Because it says here, it says that he, or this body is, uh, it is sown in dishonor and humiliation. Anybody had any of that? (laughs) But the good news is uh, it's raised in honor and glory. And so what I'm saying about arrival point is like, you know, be like a rocket and be like, you know, it's kind of like hanging in midair. You know what I mean? Rise! Rise, Clasternaut. Carol wanted to be a clown growing up. I want to be an astronaut. So we put it together. It's called a portmanteau and made it a Clasternaut. <laughs> we are the complement of each other, <laughs> but we are not alike. <laughs> and I, I do love you. So, so there's a rising of honor and glory. Uh, it's sown in infirmity and weakness. It is resurrected in strength and endued in power. It is sown a natural physical body. It is raised. You see it? Sown and raised. It is sown a natural physical body is raised a supernatural, a spiritual body. As surely as there is a physical body, listen, 
there is also a spiritual body. As surely as there's a physical body, there is a spiritual body. With the same assurity that you can see this physical body, there's a spiritual body right there. And you're shining, shining body. <laughs> Melinda's shining, shiny, sparkly, sparking. Sona natural, raised to spiritual. So thus it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. He's an individual personality. The last um, Adam, Christ, he became a life-giving spirit. How many of you have studied that? I mean, have you seen, have you seen that before? I, I remember when the Lord took me to this, and he's like, I want you to understand that you can, you can be a, a living being. And he uses this for me. He's like, if you want to see the epitomization of this in the fictional character in your culture on the male side, just look at James Bond. He said he's the epitomization of an individual personality. He's like, he's like Adam 1 maxed out. If you want to epitomize Adam 1, just get you the picture that in Fleming built out of James Bond and you have you an Adam 1. Yeah, that's an Adam 1. This Adam 1 has no life in himself to give. I mean, in this sense, he's not a life-giving spirit. He's just an individual personality. He's not able to transmit life. And um, I remember too, uh, years ago, because the Lord's like, you know, I, I want a demonstration of my spirit in your uh, meetings then. Now they're called events. I guess he changed it because it's a demonstration now and not just demonstrative language. He said, don't bring out demonstrative language to my people. I want a demonstration of my power. And Paul said that. He said that in Corinthians. He said, I resolved to know nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said, I didn't come to you with excellency of speech and the wisdom, this other wisdom. I came with a demonstration of power so that you would believe. The Lord knows that we, need, we don't just need someone to be demonstrative. The, de the demonstrative follows the demonstration, not precedes it. Well, I spent a lot of years of doing the demonstrative and hoping for a demonstration. Well, I pray that you experience the demonstration of God's life in this house. And I believe that you are. Because we can't just have individual personalities. We don't want an individual persona just manifesting themselves as the objective proof of some kind of unseen reality when God himself is. We're not pointing here to the subjective self. We're pointing to the one, the man, Jesus Christ. He's our objective proof. And so he says, uh, again, um, that this last Adam, Christ. Well, Christ is not Jesus' last name either, is it? Now, we've had this talk here that the Lord meant to give his full Christology into your anthropos or your anthropology, your human form. When Jesus went to the cross, he didn't go there so that, and I don't like children's songs um, because they don't make sense to me. Uh, like Jesus come into my heart. I hate that song. I, you can laugh at me, but I don't like it. And I never have because it's not actually biblically correct. 
Because Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. I don't mean to offend everybody, but I don't agree with that. Jesus doesn't come into your heart. He's his own person. He's king of the universe. He can't come in. If you sing that song, you like that song, please don't get offended at me. But Christ, the Christology of Jesus, is meant to come into your heart. So you can change the words. Please don't sing it. It throws me back into something I can't handle yet. But maybe, like my wife says, one day when you're really changed, Carol, you'll have victory over children's songs. And it is yet to happen. <laughs> the already, but not yet. Oh, I can't stand that song. It's going in my head now. I've got to get Stephen up here to like turn that thing out. Christ becomes a, a life-giving spirit, restoring the dead to life. But it is not the spiritual life which came first. Which life comes first? The physical and then the spiritual. Mm -hmm. The first man was uh, from out of the earth, made of dust. He's earthly-minded. What is he made of? So, And I want you to, to hear this because David Bowie, I think, was... I mean, I believe he was on to something about an exchange of, a, of another persona, but the best he could do, I, I believe here, was with Ziggy Stardust, was still to find an earthly or even heavenly false persona to put onto himself, one still created out of dust. It was still earthly-minded. Because any persona that you've wanted to put on yourself false persona, any persona that you saw in someone else that you thought that you liked more than yourself or that if you thought your persona was like amazing, like I did, <laughs> anyways, um, that I was like incredible person apart from Christ, that if my individual persona was, you know, pretty awesome or you thought socially that you'd like to have someone else's persona, listen, it's still of dust, Now, I don't know if you've lived your life and had to ever deal with envy or jealousy or wanted what someone else had, but when God created you, he gave you your own persona, a persona that he wanted to link with his divine nature and give you his divinity mixed with, fully integrated with your persona. He didn't want you trying to get another persona of dust. Jealousy and envy uh, relate to that. It never works for us. Um, and hatred of others or even the self-hatred of the self, not liking who God made you to be. Because I don't know what happens to us, but some of us have hated what God made in the persona that he gave us. And some of us have been wanting someone else's persona, a persona outside of us, and we thought, that's the persona I want. No, you don't. The persona that God gave you was ordained of him. The problem has been that, that your persona and my persona need to be linked with divinity. And that's what Jesus paid for. That's what brings glory to the Father. When sons and daughters have his Christology radiating through your persona and you're fully alive. And so I don't, we don't need Ziggy Stardust in the sense that it's still dust even though I think that David Bowie was on to something. I think he was seeing something in his generation and knew that 
whatever persona that had been shut down maybe in himself that if he put on another persona, he could be ushered into something way beyond himself. I think he was getting it just misapplication that we were to be born again by the living God and the life of God would come through us and manifest his life through us and break forth and we would become the, uh, the epitome of really who we really are in him. Uh, I had the privilege of pastoring. <laughs> it is hard for a lot of years. It's really good now. I don't know if I'm a pastor. I really like just rather be a star child. I don't really want to be an apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher. To be honest with you, I want to be the, that the fullness of Christ takes over. I mean, that's what Ephesians 4 is for, is it not? I don't desire an identity like that. I, rep, I, I respect the offices. I may be, may be in one, unbeknownst to myself. <laughs> but because when the Lord said, this will be the age of the postmaster builder. It'll be the age of Christ and you, the hope of glory. The full stature of Christ, Ephesians 4, right? 14, I believe it is that the full stature of Christ would take over and we would be one and he would get what he's really after, that fivefold ministry identity has even been a persona that has been laid onto God's people. As if you arrive at one of these offices, you will finally arrive. Let me tell you, that is not God's intentionality with you. He does, he's not trying to create more archbishops and all this stuff. I'm telling you, he's, or even fivefold, even though he gives them as gifts to his body, their access and entries to the fullness of Christ in you. Now those who have made of the dust are like him, who have been first made of the dust, earthly minded, and as the man from heaven, so also are those who are of heaven, heavenly minded. So just as we born the image of the man, so we born the image of the man, interestingly enough, even like Ziggy Stardust, the man of dust. So we born that, uh, we born that image. Hear the language of the text, so shall we, so we and so let us. We have borne the image of the man, so shall we and so let us. So shall we and so let us. This is already and not yet, but it requires something. Like we're saying this morning, I want to be uh, swallowed up by you. You have to ask him because he will not. I mean, so many people don't know this about the word. And I, I think Steve Scroggs, he really helped me out of this when we were downtown at the YMI. Um, the people need to know to ask the Lord to let them to do the things or they'll just be there and nothing will happen because they have to request it. I mean, I, I took that for granted because I'm like myself, I'm like, let's do this thing. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Let's have, have your way, you know. But so notice in the text, so show shall we and so let us and listen to the language also bear the image. Now, before it says you're born of the image of man, but here there's a let us bear the image. You see the difference? The particle of light all around you, let, let us bear. 
bear the glory. Let it bring in the kavod of, of, of the Lord. Let us bear the image of the imprint of the man of what? Of heaven. But I tell you this, brethren, flesh and blood cannot inherit or share in the kingdom of God. You're, you're not going to get this out of like flesh and blood, meaning flesh activity. <laughs> if, if you are longing for the works of the flesh are manifest in us, you know, the pride of life, the, these three components, uh, the pride of the eyes and uh, the lust of the flesh, if these things are running our frame, uh, they cannot inherit. They will not inherit uh, the king or the kingdom. And this perishable, this decay cannot inherit or share in the imperishable. Take notice, I tell you a mystery. This is a secret truth that an event. Now, I didn't understand the Lord said you had to call every one of these, I thought there were meetings. He said they must be called events. But I mean, the more I go into the text, I know why. He's like, it'll be an event in time. This decreed in the hidden purpose of the counsel of God, God hid this message, I believe, for such a time as this. He hid the message. The message being, listen, we shall not all fall asleep. It doesn't say that some of us, well, saying that not all, meaning implying that some will. There's a generation that will not see death. Lord permitting, and we get the spaceship building the city for the for a collider. You know what I saw years ago, this big spaceship crashing in. It was like a spaceport. Flying cars coming to it. The song sheets were hieroglyphic. They were floating. The song were float letters were floating. The worship team was on a stage. It was like, I saw this whole thing. It was like sit five thousand people or whatever. It was the craziest, like, I think we had, we had the lights in the air. They were, were the um, constellations, and we had put them in just in the right places and were hanging down, and when you sat in your seat, you go back like this, and there's a, there was a full orchestra, and there was like a floating stage. I saw this thing, and that the Lord was, like, going to imprint himself onto, like, all these people. Uh, it's going to be phenomenal. And I was wanting to put like in the foyer when you come in, and there's a generation that will not see death. There's a generation that's not going to die. It's time to not die. I don't mean dying to yourself. I mean literally not dying. Some people, this might make you uncomfortable. I, I told my kids this. I said, if your daddy dies, I did not complete God's assignment on my life. If, if I die, you better pick it up, because, but I shouldn't. Because if this is all right and what God is doing in this hour, there's a generation, and I believe we're in it. We're not going to see death because death's going to be swallowed up in victory. <laughs> oh, death, where is your sting? Sin has been... And the law that empowered this sin is a law shut up in the law of God, the law of love, the glorious delight of, of the Father. Full transformation, full transfiguration, full glorification. Say it. Oh, generating. Regenerated. 
Generate, thank you. Oh, the regenerated <laughs> Genesis. Yeah, uh, the, the Genesis uh, cosmology. Anyways, cosmogony. And so I, the mystery, the mystery uh, being unloaded now in a generation, our generation, I believe. And so the word tells me this, and I'm going to close with this, and then we'll probably pick up into it possibly next week. He says this word to me, or this phrase, and I'm, you take notes or watch the video or take notes or whatever. The permanent supernal indexicality. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. that's what he said. <laughs> Supernal, that which relates to the sky or the heavens, the celestial of exceptional quality or extent. That God desires a permanency, X2M 142, permanency of his life from the supernal, that which comes from the sky, the celestial, that which comes from himself. The supernal uh, can't really handle the language exactly of who he is because he's uncreated, he created the heavens. But that out of the heavens and out of the celestial, like seeing through as he indexes, um, indexicality indexes himself onto us, context to context. The concept of indexicality is uh, elaborated in literature of linguistic anthropology. It was introduced by a guy named Silverstein. He adopted the term as a theory of sign of phenomenon or of semiotics. He said there was like a, the way it is, is there's a vehicle of, of a representament, a man. So that the phenomenon, either it's audible or visible or some other sensory way can come through the representative um, and index onto um index like even through a sign or even through a, a way of, of being known. And so the, you know, so the main idea of indexicality is from one context to another. That he could index his, himself or imprint himself onto uh, you and reframe your um, consciousness as to give you himself. And he wants a permanent supernal indexicality. <laughs> now that's not him, that's the mode. Now, I'm gonna be clear about that. It's not the uncreated God, it's the mode that he works through. Um, he wants to take the connotations of things some of you are working through this with the star child challenge he wants to take the connotation he wants you to see across to see him and I, I think this is amazing because when God begins to transmit across that time space continuum um, he doesn't just feed um, information to you he's not just trying to feed your intellect or your emotions when the Lord, when you cross that continuum with him, he is literally um, indexing or imprinting himself onto you. There's been a problem where we've, we've not seen him or been able to behold him. And because of that, his great desire to create this um, interchange with us has been uh, mostly forlorn and it hasn't crossed that barrier. He, he doesn't just want an ideology. 
He wants a people. The domain that God wants is you. He's not an AI. Now, he told Joshua to go and uh, uh, deal with AI. <laughs> Remember that? Raise it to the ground. Burn the whole thing to the ground. That's what the Lord does with AI. Artificial intelligence, it's in, it's, in, uh, it's in the story of the conquest. It's the second place they have to take. The Lord doesn't want adultery of heart or idolatry of mind. But, you know, the Lord wants to come through all that and um, transmit his life onto us. Now, now think about this. Because I don't know that we've ever thought about this. We've thought that maybe meditation with God was just, and contemplation with God was just like intellectual or maybe emotional. But no, the Lord wants you to know this now. And I have to be clear about this. He says, no, I, when you come to me like that, I will index or imprint myself onto you. I, I will change you. Um, every time we have one of these worship sets in this house, that's my whole idea that's going on in my mind is the index or imprint in this environment, imprinting on, there's an imprint happening here that you would be charged with the spark and life of God and it would radiate into your body and you would be changed. If you're not being changed, we might as well close up shop because it's not working. Let's just quit. You know, let's go do something else. We could have fun in other ways. Welcome to the glorification metamorphosis. Uh, let's stand together. Uh, welcome to the uh, transposition and transfiguration of the ages. Welcome to a generation that will not see death. Welcome, star children. I want to ask you to do something with me, and it's the embracing the embracing of the persona that he put in you. I want you to accept the, the persona that he placed in you. He wants you to accept who he made you to be. Not trying to be someone else or someone else's form of yourself or some other form. We need to embrace who we are. Okay, well, there's problems. I have character issues. Okay, well, the world, he's gonna straighten all that out. He's gonna fix us all because he loves us. He delights in us. So first, I'm gonna come into an admittance I'm the delight of the Lord. I'm your delight. You like my particular way. Yeah, somebody else might not. <laughs> but so what? Okay, so what? It's a body that I want. It wasn't sacrifice and offering that I wanted. I wanted a body. And, and I'm saying right now, maybe you say this with me. I just deliver up my body to you, Lord. It wasn't, you weren't trying to gain me for a sacrifice. You are my voluntary self. You weren't trying to plug me for an offering. Oh, you wanted me and I'm just gonna give you me. I'm gonna give you me right now. I'm gonna give you me lock, stock and barrel. I'm gonna give you all that I got because I have to let you have me so I can rise. I wanna rise. I was made, I was made to rise. Ooh, I love this message. I love who you created me to be, Lord. And I love who I am in you, and you in me, and me in you. I'm particular and I'm peculiar. 
but I was made for you. And you made yourself, you, you're for me and I'm for you. Now, Oh, he likes this message. He, you like it, don't you, Holy Spirit? Yeah, I love it. I love my people blossoming and flowering and being who I am in them. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, not unto us, but unto you be the glory. You're alive. who love him are called according to his purpose in Christ. Yeah, no one's even seen what you are yet. Oh, the breaking out of you. The breaking out of Christ in you. It's glory, glory. Oh, I agree with you, Lord. I agree with you. You made me for you. run around this room. Some of you do. You just need to. I'm going to ask you to. If you're, you're feeling like your feet are getting loose, just go for it. Come on. Some of you need to dance. <laughs> it's over. Oh, the fullness of Christ in me. Oh, yeah. See how he likes this message? See how you feel him radiating through your being? Yes, you do, because that's the message. He, that's what he went to the cross for. He went to the cross for sons and daughters that look like him. That's what. That's why he did what he did. Oh, we give you glory. We give you praise and honor. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why, Stephen and... <laughs> Austin, Benjamin is playing. Uh, come get... Uh, we're taking communion together, but as your way, come up together. Peeling back our ribs again. Oh, stand inside of our chest. We just want to love you. We just want to love you. Yeah. back the veil of time and let us see you with our naked eyes we just want to love you we just want to love you yeah yeah no and at the sound of eternity the rips of the fountain gravestones roll to the rhythm of the sound of you. 
Skeleton bones Stand at the sound of eternity On the lips of the found And separate those doors Let the sun of resurrection in another little bit of a, a plug for for a language of um, of this and I think this is, is really helpful I was reading this last night this comes from uh, 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 Meredith Klein who went on to be with the Lord but he said this he said at the consummation and th- this is the language that uh, the Lord has been using in this house that in this consummation of this uh, this union at the consummation of the of redemptive history that's prefigured by the Sabbath. And let me say this because it's really important. Because the way this works is out of rest. It's in the now. It's in the moment. It's, it's, uh, because before we take communion, it's, uh, and Brad Ames has mentioned this, it's, it's sacramental in the sense that it's a, it's a receptivity out of rest where this trans... Um, this transfiguration happens. It's, it's an awareness and an attentiveness to him because the Sabbath was the picture, the Sabbath ordinance that God had, everything he had made, he, he completed and he rested. Um, it's an admittance uh, in a sense that you made me and you created me for you. And I'm, going, and I'm resting in that. It's, it's not an anxiety, it's not a fear. 
It's not of like, I gotta make something happen. It's just, I rest. Um, I just am still before you. That's the place of, the, of this kind of work. It's a rest in, um, as he tabernacles himself with you. And he said this, he said, the visible and invisible dis, uh, differentiation of space will come to an end. Now, I don't know if, if you understand this, but when we look at space, we see uh, of darkness. Uh, I wanna suggest to you that it is actually not dark. It's, it's lit up. It's just that um, the darkness of our 95% of our, what they call junk DNA has not been illuminated yet. And so our eyes, our perceptibility has not been open to see that in the place of created space, there's a whole life going on out there. There is, uh, the Lord let me know this. It's not dark like you suppose. There's, there's, a, there's an interaction with that, what they call dark matter. There's an interaction with it that you're meant to interact with and it will unveil the heavens. And so the heavenly glory is unveiled to the, eye, the eyes of redeemed earthlings and their perceptive capabilities are transformed by this glorification. The boundary of heaven and earth will disappear and all will become one cosmic, like he says, holy of holies. God's own glory constitutes this final temple and the realization of a hope that is uh, symbolized by his earthly replicas. It's going to like burn away. And I, I believe we're on the cusp of something just so tremendous because I, I believe for many of you, you've been in experiences with him where it's burned away. Like you've, uh, I know uh, Tom Gross has said, he, he, he sat up in his bed and he was in the heavens. It's a complete like shift of perception and, and you begin to see and behold the, the glory that's actually all around us right now. Um, the, the kingdom of heaven is within and without. It's, it's right around us. And resting in the Sabbath ordinance that what God has made is good. And that what the Lord paid for when he paid for you, that you're his. It's a rest. And out of that is this beautiful life that flows and seeds. So he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took the cup and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you, do this in remembrance of me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. May the Lord bless you. And may the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. And may he imprint you with his name. Peace out. Amen. <laughs> Promise bride, 
And I'm destined to wear white And my chest is full of hope And a dress and veil as snow And he said he'd come for me He'd know when I'm ready And my heart is aching for The coming of the Lord I must get ready now And I must get ready the night. 